Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. Have we gotten to this point where people wake up every morning looking for something to be offended about? I live in this place called the real world, and I understand what is going to happen. Her story is, I was trying to scare him away. At the same time, she shot him point blank in the face. Okay, that's not exactly a warning shot. The AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line is open now. Give Jeff a call at 855-616-1620. Coming up next, Squirrel. And now, WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Except on this day. Thursday, December 19th, it is 12.09. I am Scott Warris sitting in for the now vacationing Jeff Wagner, the holiday sabbatical 2019 edition for Jeff. He'll be back sometime in the new year, 2020. We hope to see him right after the new year. People are asking, where was Jeff? Where is Jeff? He will be back uh, next year. So he wished everybody a happy holiday as he headed out yesterday afternoon. I'm with you tomorrow, uh, today and tomorrow. Uh, we have the B team all around as Jordan Gazarowski produces. Uh, course when jeff is off grew is also off they vacationed together i don't know where they were going for the holidays but wherever they are we wish them the very best so jordan is pulling a little double duty on this thursday a few interesting things to get to we have uh, don't forget even though jeff is off today we will have and continue the 12 days of sticksmith contest so if uh if you're a good caller today We'll give you a gift card, $25 gift card to Sticks Golf Entertainment. More about that as we roll through. Don't know who that might be. Say something wise, say something smart, say something clever. I'll go, you know what? That was pretty good. I'm going to give you this gift card. So we'll do that before 3 o'clock. It is a historic day. It was a historic night last night. And as I said with Steve, I was here on the night show last night, and it kind of all unfolded in front of all of us on these radio airwaves. President of the United States was impeached, and I have allowed myself, and, and I would recommend and I would encourage all of you, as angry as you may be this morning at this development, as are there people that are actually joyful? You shouldn't be joyful about the impeachment of a president. It's not a good thing. Okay, even if you even if you do not like President Trump, even if you wish he would not have won the election, even if you wish the Electoral College was structured in a way that allowed Hillary to win, even if you think there's no way in the world he should win re-election next November, don't be happy about an impeachment. Okay, that's one thing that kind of makes me bristle, but. Whether you're upset, whether you think justice was served to this point yesterday, you you cannot ignore and you should not ignore the historical nature of what happened. As everybody knows, only the third time now ever that this has happened in American history. And as we all know, no president has ever been removed from office uh, through the impeachment process before. So I did a couple things this morning. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a newspaper collector on big news days. And it started, it's actually started sports related, but it started back in September of 1992 when Robin Yount got his 3,000th base hit. I was 11 years old. And I remember 
getting the it was either the journal or the I know we were a sentinel household so I got the sentinel the next morning and I've still got that newspaper I've got it stored away in a box but ever since then if it was a newsmaking event a moment sports politics current events tragedy triumph whatever the case would be I still I'll grab a journal sentinel the next morning or in this case This morning, I went to a uh, local gas station here, popped in, grabbed a Journal Sentinel, and they had a couple New York Times. And I thought, yeah, I I should get maybe a a national paper, too, just just to keep and add to my collection. I think it's one of those where were you when moments. I think last night was a where were you when moment. I think if you're old enough, you remember where you were or maybe what you were doing when President Clinton was impeached. Last night, again, was one of those moments. Now, it, it, it lacked... And Craig Gilbert said this to us last night when we had him on, the Washington bureau chief for the Journal Sentinel. Last night, the actual vote and the lead-up to the vote lacked maybe some of the drama, some of the suspense, if you want to use that word, that the Clinton impeachment had, which, oh, by the way, was 21 years ago today, December 19th, 98, because it was a foregone conclusion that... It would happen, and it would happen along a straight party line of vote, right? So maybe it lacked some of that, but it was still a history-making night. And to commemorate that, grab the newspapers. But I would encourage, my point is, I would encourage all of you to, at some point, maybe you've already done it, to at least step back and recognize the history-making moment that it was. Because a lot of times, and especially now as we get caught up in well, the, the holiday season for one, but also just the political polarization that in, in which we live, I think that can be lost a little bit. And I think it's important that as Americans you step back and go, last night was historic. And that does not happen very often. Incidentally, I don't think this is now the new norm. I realize that that is also a narrative out there that, oh, here we go. Well, when there's a Democrat in the White House and Republicans have the opportunity to impeach based on whatever they don't like about the president, well, we'll just have another impeachment and these things are going to be happening and popping fast and furious. I'm not there. I'm really not. I, I think in a lot of ways, in a lot of ways, the pendulum will swing back to some degree of normality either four years from now or maybe a year from now, but at any rate. So here's what I'd like to do, because I I think this is a day where we do have to step back and react. And I'm curious, how, how can I phrase this? How, How fired up are you? Because one of the questions now moving forward is, and he'll be acquitted in the Senate, he will not be removed from office, but however this plays out, on Capitol Hill in the Senate chamber, for us as Americans, whether you're in favor of the president winning re-election, whether you think he should be ousted, how fired up are you on a scale of 1 to 10? So here's the question at 855-616-1620. That's the new number. Remember, Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line, 855-616-1620. 620. Scale of 1 to 10, with 1 being a nothing burger. Okay, he was impeached. I'm moving on. I could care less. Holidays are here. And a 10 meaning, I am so 
upset about what happened last night, that I am going to be knocking on doors, making sure my neighbors head out to the voting booths next fall, to putting posters up and yard signs up, either in favor of the president, or are you so fired up as somebody who opposes the president, as a Democrat, that knowing what is likely to happen in the Senate has you just off the charts upset and it will galvanize you. So whether you're a political, if you're watching all the, the every last thing, whether you're, you think you're a political expert or a guru or you're a political geek and a nerd or you're just checking in because you're out shopping right now, I think everybody, there, there, this is one of those there's no wrong answer situations. So Jordan, as you take these calls, make sure we ask on a scale of 1 to 10 where they are on their political fired up chart or scale. Okay, and again, it can be from the liberal side, it can be the conservative side, it can be from the moderate side, but all of us have a reaction. That's why there's no wrong answer. All of us have a reaction based on last night and this historic moment in our nation's history, and I just want to gauge where you're at in that regard. 855-616-1620, the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Jordan will line you up. We've got some texts coming in. We have plenty of open lines as well. 855-616-1620, the president has been impeached. Where are you on a scale of 1 to 10 in terms of your galvanization moving ahead to next fall's election? Jeff on Holiday Sabbatical. Scott Warris in for Mr. Wagner with you until 3 o'clock. And on the day after, less than 24 hours since the president was impeached, I'm simply asking you to let me know, let us know, where you are on a scale of 1 to 10, with 10 being white hot, 1 being meh. No, I guess 5 would be meh. 1 would be, I could care less, maybe. Uh, In terms of just being fired up. And so you can come at this no matter where you are on the political spectrum, whether you're, you know, upset that this has happened to the president, whether you're upset that you wanted it to happen to the president, but now you're just ticked off that in all likelihood he will not be removed from office. So one to ten, where are you? You can come at this from anywhere on the scale. Uh, real quick, before we go to the phones, on the text line from the 414, a one, I am so over it. Another 414. A one. It's a nothing burger. Another texter from the 414. I'm at a 10. I'm at a 10 to oust every Democrat who has done nothing the past three years that they were elected to do except rallying around this impeachment. 920 is at a zero. Hmm. Uh, let's see. The 262. My angst is about a two. I think what America deserves, though, is finding out if President Trump actually did what he is accused of doing. I have no doubt that he did, and it shouldn't have led to impeachment. But again, I'm at a two. All right. Four. I, I poof, almost gave the wrong number there. 855. 855. Light it up. 616-1620. Accident Mortgage Talk and text line. Uh, we have open phone lines if you want to get involved. All right. Let's start in Kenosha. Let's talk to Mark. Good afternoon, Mark. How fired up are you? Hey, today thanks after? for having me, Jeff. You know, I hey, well, am hang 10 on, out of 10. Well, hang on, Mark, 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 Mark. Je- Jeff's off. This is yeah. Scott, but that's okay. 
Oh, I am so sorry. It's all right. <laughs> Please it's all right. forgive me. No, no, you're fine. That's how in a tizzy I am. <laughs> all right. So you are, where are you? You're at a 10, near a 10? Are you at a 10? 10 going towards 11. Tell me why. Well, I have yet to have anybody explain to me a rational, logical, legal reason why it's okay to ignore congressional subpoenas when they're within their lawful oversight. And, and that alone, even if you didn't even care about the Ukraine scandal, ignoring congressional subpoenas is absolutely clearly illegal without even a shred of a doubt. If they had nothing to hide, why won't they let everybody from the White House testify? And, and that's what's got me most fired up. But the fact that Mitch McConnell and Lindsey Graham can say right out the bat that we are in, we're not impartial jurors. We're already working with the White House. Have you ever seen a trial where the jury is coordinating with the defense lawyer? It just it, it spits in the face of justice. And the last point I want to make is people say the do-nothing Democrats over and over and over. Mitch McConnell has turned the Senate into a legislative graveyard. There is over 300 bipartisan, I'm sorry, 300 bills, 90% of which are bipartisan, that are all sitting on his desk that would cause the lives of Americans to improve greatly, and he is refusing to let any of them pass. So Democrats have been working nonstop with Republicans because 90% of those bills are bipartisan, and not a single one has made it past Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell is the one who is doing nothing, okay, and I just so, want to make that clear. So, America. Mark, back, okay, but, but back to the, you are at a 10 going on 11. Obviously, not a Trump supporter, not not a Trump backer. What are, are, do, you, do you feel more galvanized now heading to next fall? Because it, it's one thing to be upset, and this is what I'm going to be asking people if they're upset on one side of the of the spectrum or the other. What does this mean for you? How, if anything, or how, if in any way, will you use this heading to the polls next year? All I can do is try to educate as many voters as possible because that's all that can be done in the face of a Senate that has already said even before the trial that they will not convict. The only, the only process left now to remove a lawless president because Senate won't convict is to vote him out in the next election, which is kind of ironic because the fact that he's going to get to be in the next election that he was trying to cheat in allegedly uh that that kind of makes it a a little bit ironic right, and mark. a little bit depressing as well we'll start but, there uh, thanks for the call man i do appreciate it mark in kenosha there you heard it he's fired up and clearly not a trump supporter fired up even though he has seen the president impeached but like he says he's not going anywhere uh one more real quickly here before we take the break lines are open we'll keep this rolling Eight five five six one six one six twenty. Uh, let's see. Sam and Racine. Hi, Sam. Well, how's it going, Scott? I'm okay, bud. So where are you, scale of 1 to 10, fired up today? Well, I'm on the opposite side mm -hmm. of, uh, of the Kenosha guy. Yep. Um, you know, I've been dealing with these kind of guys for years. I just graduated school a couple of years ago. I had professors every day that talked about impeaching Trump this, impeaching Trump that. We wouldn't even get lessons done because they're so focused on the russian the russian alleged lies and all that stuff so it's just it's more annoying than anything that we have to deal with this as a country right now so you're more annoyed vulnerable. you're more annoyed than fired up 
I'm fired up. I didn't vote last time uh, last time around, but now to vote, I would go vote for Trump just okay. because it's they're, they're, they're putting them through hell and, and the media. I mean, it's just so you are ridiculous. fired up. So but, where on a scale of one to ten am I putting you? If ten is white hot, I'm hot right now. All right. I'm at a twenty. Oh, okay. And the, guy, the Kenosha guy made me the Kenosha guy made me a little uh, a little sick. So just, right. just well, you know what? People don't see the whole spectrum. I appreciate the call, Sam. That's where we're going, 855-616-1620. So our first two calls, I said put it on a scale of 1 to 10. I had somebody going 10. I'm going up to 11, and our last caller is at a 20. Maybe my sh- maybe maybe the scale should have been 1 to 100. We'll continue in a moment. Stick around. Your calls and your texts as we return. <laughs> I think... Uh, I think people are pretty fired up. I, I really didn't know the type of response we would get. For all I knew, we would get two people to call, two people to text, and they'd all be ones, and we would have moved on to something else. Uh, on the text line, uh, 262 says, overall, I'm at a five, so that's a solid meh. Uh, but it does not matter what party a president belongs to. If you obstruct Congress, that's automatic impeachment. It is as simple as that. Again, a reminder, if you text in, give me a number. I want the number, and then you can give me your explanation. But we've got people fired up on the phone lines as well. 855-616-1620. The new Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text number. John in Menominee Falls. Hello, Johnny. Hello. All right, John. I'm a 10. You're a 10, 10. okay. And you fall where on the political spectrum to be a 10 today? Uh well political spectrum I'm I'm for Trump. Okay, tell me why you're a ten. What, what what? Tell me. Talk to me. I'm a ten because there's things that need to be done in this country. This country is in bad bad shape. People are standing around. They're milling around. The government is nothing but goats. They're sheep. They're followers. They're not doing enough to to make this leading world leader country into what it's supposed to be into what it is. And they're disrespecting our government, our people, and uh, the position of the office. They've got charges that mean absolutely nothing. And lesser things have turned into revolutionary war. Lesser things. Civil war was created. Why? Why was that? Because of the election of one guy. Lesser things have caused great wars. Thanks, John. I appreciate it. Fired up, John Menominee Falls. You start invoking the phrases revolutionary war, civil war. I think that would tell uh, me that you are pretty fired up. 855-616-1620. Bill in Tosa. Good afternoon, Bill. Hey, good afternoon. I am a 10. Okay. I am an independent voter who's now switching probably to the Republican Party, and I'll tell you why. This this has opened my eyes. It, 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 start with the Evers election, everything else. Every time a Democrat gets power, all they do is take. They take, they take, they take. They introduce regulations. They lie. All right, let me tell you about obstruction of justice. Okay, that's a crime. Obstruction of Congress is not a crime. Eric Holder obstructed Congress. Countless times. Obama obstructed Congress countless times. The difference I'm finding out between Democrats and Republicans is Democrats like to believe the lies. The guy who called in and said there are hundreds of bills sitting on Mitch McConnell's desk, 
Don't throw that out there. Tell me what bills are sitting on Mitch McConnell's desk that improve the lives of American citizens and don't remove their rights or don't remove their, their, their ability to make a living and prosper in America. This is sickening. Read the letter that Trump wrote. I was astonished when I read all of the accomplishments that this guy has done. Countless accomplishments. Look at the economy. He's racist, yet everything he's done, including um, reform for prison, which I don't agree with, is not a racist type of compliment or, or, or accomplishment. He is trying to help the American people, and he doesn't care. He doesn't need this at all. What's Look noteworthy, Bill, Bill, what's noteworthy about your perspective is this. I'm not commenting on what you said, but except for right out of the gate, when you said you're at a 10, you clearly sound like a 10, but what, 48 hours ago, maybe earlier than that, you, you were an independent voter, but this process or what happened last night has swayed you to vote Republican next fall. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. Because you know what? I, I can't. I, I, what goes around generally comes around. And and, and I, I could see. All right. The, the, the phone call. Fine. There were problems on that phone call. But you have to look in the context of who Trump is and how he speaks. And that's what I've come to learn. And the bottom line is, it seems like every time a Democrat gets elected, it's not about what they can do for me. It's about what they can do for themselves to keep themselves in office. And, and then it comes out. I, okay, I, I'm in an industry that, that uh, supplies to vape stores. Now we're looking at a vape war when we just approved new cigarettes that are okay to smoke. It's not about the people, and that's what I'm starting to learn. If Democrats are about themselves, and I'm believing that they're about having power. All right, Bill, Bill, I, I, I got to get other people on. Bill, I appreciate the call very much. He's a 10, all right. You can say that again, 855-616-1620. And again, the reason I'm doing this, first of all, this is what we do. This is what a radio show is, especially on the day after a history-making night like this country is currently experiencing, allowing all of you an opportunity, no matter. We've heard from now people in a couple minutes far uh, on the left, on the right, in the middle. There's an independent voter. And he is so ticked off at what happened that he will now be voting for President Trump next fall. He is going to be voting Republican. The anger, the passion, the 10 that Bill, in this case, is at today is causing him and leading him to vote differently, perhaps, than he has in the past. That says something. That is is impactful. 855-616-1620 on the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. People are fired up on all sides, the entire spectrum. All are welcome because everybody, well, I won't say everybody, but a lot of people we're here for, hearing from so far today, they're pushing a 10. We'll continue. If you're on the line, please hold on. Texters are just as fired up as our callers so far. Here's a text from the 913. From a scale of 1 to 10, I am at a 1,763,537. Uh, what a colossal waste of taxpayer money. Show high crimes and misdemeanors, and I'll be first in line to vote them out. Run this country. This is not why I elect my representatives. From the 262, I'm at a 10. They have awakened the lion, a Trump landslide in 20. 20- 
20. Uh, let's see. This is from uh, Joe on the 414. I am at a 10. I have Democratic followers. They're saying anybody that supports Donald Trump is uneducated. Hmm. From the 414. Uh, I'm at a 10. What a waste of money. Because Senate's just going to acquit him. Also, a 10 with my property tax up 200 bucks. Stephen West Ben, I'm at a 9. Hats off to last caller Bill. 414, I'm at an 8. How about that? Another 414 texter. I am at a 10 because as an American citizen, I am tired of being lied to. One, Trump is a Russian operative. Mueller's report proves untrue. Two, shifts parity. People that do not watch the news every day believe it to be true. Three, FISA court was lied to on 17 counts. Politicians were saying there's nothing there. Now Comey is making excuses, and a FISA judge has published a statement that the networks did not pick up, stating how angry she is to find out the court was lied to, and now wondering if there are other cases where they were lied to as well. All right, scale of 1 to 10. And you can be anywhere on the political spectrum. 855-616-1620. A couple people here have been very patient. We want to get to them. Let's start with Hugh in Silver Springs, Florida. Hi, Hugh. Hugh. Hugh in Silver Springs. You've been waiting for 20 minutes. Are you there, Hugh? Hugh... Oh, I hit the wrong one. This is Mark in Kenosha. See the new phone system. I was doing so well. Mark, sorry, Mark. You're up. Go ahead, Mark. I'm here. Take it away, buddy. I hit the wrong button. I'm at a 10. I'm at a 10 plus. After watching this thing unfold for the past five, six, seven weeks, who knows how long it took. I just, it comes to this conclusion where we can just say they have wasted all of our time, all of our money. They haven't gotten anything done. That other caller that said that there are 300 bills waiting for Mitch McConnell, that is a bunch of garbage. And he knows it, and everybody knows it. This whole thing has been a sham. And uh, when the DNC comes here this summer, I feel like I need to lead a protest for every day that they're here against this ridiculousness that they put our country through and this ridiculousness that's going to be put in history books and I fear for the people that the, the kids that are going to have to read this in history books of what a sham this is. And I just hope that when the history books uh, bear this out, they'll give both sides of the story. It's going to backfire on them. It's going to be a complete landslide. And thankfully it will, because this has been just the most incredibly ridiculous thing I've ever seen in the history of this country. Thank you, Mark. There you go. Mark in Kenosha is at a 10. All right. He was probably yelling in his phone as I was calling on his name, going, I'm here, I'm here, you moron. Why can't you hear me? Hugh! Hello! I I pictured you going, I'm here! Scott, I'm here! Why can't you hear me? Don't hang up on me. I'm calling from Florida. Okay, Hugh, go ahead. You're you're exactly correct. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm a very warm 10, like the weather right now down here in the 70s, and I'm... you know, I, I got so excited watching this baloney for the last uh, several months that uh, my blood pressure was starting to uh, go up. And my wife says, no more, no more TV. Only, only, you can only watch Fox and none of the other stations because they're all liberal and they're all against Trump. And that's going to be the end of that. But I, I think one of the good things that's going to come out of this, like some of the other callers mentioned, is the fact that it's unifying the Republican Party like it's never been that strong before. And it's almost assuring his reelection in 2020. Hugh, you live in Silver Springs, Florida. What is the temperature right now, approximately? Oh, let me look real quick here. Just, uh, just, uh, 71. It's 71. Se- it's 70. Is there a cloud in the sky right now? 
just these wispy little white ones, you know. No. Go up. Hey, uh, yeah, I want to thank you. I want to thank you. We were up in the 80s here a couple of days ago, and uh, I'm glad I could turn my air conditioner off. And you sent us one of those wonderful cold fronts, and uh, we appreciate that because it brings a little rain down here. I was just uh, going to snow, but I, I, the, the reason I had you tell us the temperature and and the cloud situation is it's a good it's a good day. Maybe Hugh, you're fired up. I know the blood pressure can be an issue for you. Go outside, take a stroll. Take a breath. Remind yourself it's the holiday season, and then you can ramp it back up in a couple weeks. Okay. <laughs> you know what? To have a glass of red wine. And, and yeah, hey, and I, I didn't even mention the, the the booze and the alcohol. Of course, you. All right, buddy. Thanks okay. for waiting all that time, and uh, have a great holiday. All right. Yeah, there you go. He's a ten. The blood pressure was boiling, and um, got to be careful with that. He's been pa- patient as well. And uh, let's see. Uh, Mark in Racine. Go ahead, buddy. Hi, um, I'm a zero. And I'm oh, okay. So you're other end of the spectrum. You're you're at a zero. Yeah, and you know what I'm amazed by is the arguments that people make. You know, well, first of all, I would look at it and say honestly, if it were someone from the opposite party, would your feelings be exactly the same? They wouldn't be. And the, the, some of the things they said too, like the bills that are sitting there. One guy said. You know, none of these bills are, have anything to do with anything positive. Really? You know what those bills are that aren't being acted on by McConnell? You know that they're flawed in every way? No. He blocked Obama on all of his stuff. Were they outraged then when the business of the country wasn't being done? No, because it wasn't their guy. I'd be, lying Mark, if, if, I'd their be guy. lying, Mark, if I said that I have not, throughout the entire process, thought... If the shoe was on the other foot, if there was a D after President Trump's name instead of an R, would the other side be feeling what the other side is feeling? And I'm not so naive as to think that that would not at all be the case. I appreciate the call. 855-616-1620. Vincent, you're up next. You've been very patient. We've got some time for you as well as we react the day after. And a lot of people are pretty upset for one reason or another. Just a couple of minutes here before the news. I, I got to go kind of quickly, so I know some of you guys and, and folks have been online for a while, but I'm going to give you your moment here if I hit the right button. It's our good friend Vincent on the north side. Vincent, you've got about 45 seconds. Have at it, man. Good afternoon, Scott. <laughs> Hi. Uh, you know, I would be remiss if, if I didn't wish you and your family a very, very Merry Christmas this year. Thank you. You as well. Thank you. Yeah. And, and first of all, and again, I'd like to say that I'm at a 10. I'm at a 10. This is the second time, almost a third, if, if, if I include Nixon, that a president has put this country through this, through this particular issue of impeachment. The fact is, is that, uh, uh, you know, and I'm tired of Republicans also saying that, yeah, it was something hinky about this particular phone call between the president between the president and then saying, well, absolutely nothing should be done. You know, as a, as a, as a moderate Democrat, yeah, I thought at least the censure should have been, been brought, brought towards uh, uh, President uh, Trump. But the fact is that Republicans wouldn't have went along with that either. The fact is the president did something wrong, and he should, and he, and he should pay a penalty for it. And so if nobody wants to, to, to censure him, then the impeachment is, 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 is the second best thing. So you're a moderate so, Democrat, as a moderate, I got to let you go, bud, but a moderate Democrat, and you put yourself at a 10 right now. 
Yes, I do. I do because because this is an embarrassment to this country, and the fact is that 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 Republicans are at this particular point where they're basically saying that that that, that, that just. Uh, yeah, he did something wrong, but we're just going to throw up our hands. The fact is, we have to have a, a, a point where we have to stop stop a president from doing something uh, the, that is detrimental to this country. And the fact is, I think he did. Thanks, Vincent. I appreciate it. Have a great holiday. Uh, real quickly here, Brett in Muskego, thirty seconds. What number are you at, and why? I'm at a ten. Okay. Um, just very floored by everything here. I can't. Uh... I can't even imagine what the figures would be on the waste of time and money that uh, all of this has gone through. You know, uh, it's just been a continual pursuit of a witch hunt. Um, So many things have been neglected, you know, all their constituents, all those bills that need to get passed. You know, nothing's being done with these taxpayer dollars that we're, you know, taking out of our income, all these sorts of things. And it just seems to be flushed down the toilet. And, you know, just moving forward, the fact that they're bringing, you know, these impeachments uh, articles forward for not actually being a true crime, it's just going to reduce the magnitude of, of, you know, how how monumental that is. So I think that it's going to really drop the bar for, for future presidents, where if we see that, you know, they made a phone call that we might not like. That should be not be any sort of reason for us to draw this up. But the fact that it's been done now, who knows? We'll Might see. Every single presidency. We'll, we'll see. I'm not quite sold on that, but I understand the point you're making. Thanks, Brett. Re- i got to go real quickly here. Scott, Milwaukee, real quick, your number. Uh, how upset are you? I'm a 10. I can't for the life of me. Uh, I'm embarrassed at, at the Democrats. I, was, uh, I didn't vote for Trump, but uh, I will vote for his re-election. Uh, this, this is absolutely ridiculous. I mean, the naivety of, of the American public on the left thinking that politics isn't quid pro quo to begin with, uh, the naivety with regards to these bills uh, and, and being viral with regards to those saying that uh, McConnell is blocking them, the vast majority, if not all those bills, uh, have are not bipartisan. So, yeah. McConnell is doing his job by by blocking them, uh, especially given the embarrassment that the Democrats have put this country through. Thank you, Scott. And uh, last word, Stephen Plymouth, 10 seconds, the number you're at. I'm at a five. Okay. I feel when you compare it to the last impeachment, you know, the big difference is you're missing the smoking gun in this one, where with Clinton, you had the smoking gun, and it was literally and figuratively his gun. All right. Stephen Plymouth. <laughs> the punchline of the hour. Thank you, Steve-O. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. And now, here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. 110, Jeff is off. I am Scott. He'll be back in the new year. I'll be with you today, obviously, till 3, and then tomorrow as well. And uh, next week, uh, Brian Noonan will be in on Monday for the Jeff Wagner Show. Uh, Eric Bill said he is uh, still in the studio. Hi. Can you just ex- talk me through the story you've had now throughout the day, at least the last several hours, regarding the the story from downtown Milwaukee where he had that family who was leaving the arena, Fiserv Forum, after the Jurassic Park show, whatever. Mm-hmm. Jurassic World. Was that about 
four, six weeks ago, mm-hmm. and were hit by a car that was turning the corner, as I understand it. This is near 6th and Juno, so they were walking toward the arena. They were right. heading there to see the show. But the development is no charges. No charges will be filed in this case. Now, two people were taken into custody almost immediately, like two days later. So they were walking. They got hit. All four of them were hit. I think the mom was on the hood at one point. The kid was rolling around. One of the kids left unconscious. The father was running toward the vehicle after this happened. Because the car took off. Yes, to get the license plate. Mm -hmm. And he saw KCV, KCV. He kept yelling that because he saw the first portion of the license plate, KCV. So police did some investigation. They found a vehicle that was similar to the one that people spotted when this happened on surveillance, whatever. They were able to find a vehicle similar of that with the same address or with the same license plate, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. KCV in it. Apparently it was one that it had been rented. So anyway, they were able to spot and find what they believed to be the vehicle with damage at a tow lot somewhere. They were able to then determine who two people were that were would have been connected to that car. A two twenty one year olds a man, a male and a female, Texas plates, they felt like it had been rented, obviously. Um, they brought them into custody. Uh, they looked into the case. They were the people of interest. But now the DA's office says no charges will be filed. There is not enough evidence to bring the case forward. It is not provable. Mm-hmm. And therefore, no charges will be brought. But that was the car. They have the car. Mm-hmm. And... They can't prove that these people were in the car the at the not, time? may not be able to prove who was driving the vehicle at the time. So it's just, uh, sorry, we throw up our hands and we go on with our day. That's a great question. That's crazy. Still, still looking it's, into this, still yeah. trying to put this all together. But yeah, here you have a family of four from Hartford who were hit, survived, thankfully. Right. But we're able to get enough information, whether it's a piece of the license plate, enough of the car to be able to figure that out from mm-hmm. surveillance cameras and that type of thing. Man, that's they got to keep digging into that. Oh, I, just, I, I guess I'm just surprised if you, if you're able to get the car on tape, license plate. Okay, we know that these two people were in the car, but for whatever reason, we can't. We'll, we'll learn. I hope yeah, we'll learn yeah, more. We're like, digging into it a little bit. Yeah, that's um, hmm. Frustrating. Um, so yesterday night, but what an odd day yesterday was for, for for now again or still police chief Milwaukee police chief Alfonso Morales. What an what an odd day that was for must have been for him when you had the fire and police commission set to hold the uh, the debate and the discussion last night. They planned the the vote to give him a full four-year contract, new term, or really his first full term. But then at the 11th hour, about 4 o'clock, 4.30 yesterday afternoon, you had nine members of the Common Council write a letter to the Fire and Police Commission. And one of the authors of the letter, one of the folks who signed the letter, was the president of the Common Council, Ashanti Hamilton, saying, whoa, 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 hang on. This is being rushed. Do not go through with this. We need more time to think, to talk, to stall, to whatever. But when it was all said and done, the commission did meet. The commission held the hearing. The commission voted. And Alfonso Morales is, well, still the police chief. But now he has a full 
four-year term. You know, the, the entire way, and I recognize that John Mercier and Jeff Wagner have, well, first of all, had the opportunity to talk more in depth, and, and they've been able to, you know, go behind the scenes, and they have connections, and they work their connections to kind of flesh out what exactly was happening behind the scenes. I, I do not have those sources, um, just simply as, like many of you, somebody who was consuming the news, consuming kind of this drip, drip, drip of information either coming from the mayor's office the common council the fire and police com- fire and police commission i guess from you know maybe from the chief when those opportunities arose to have him comment on it what uh, i mean it's just what a mess i mean I, i'm i'm very glad let me just say that i am very happy that this this is the result and it is not strung out longer through the holidays and he's working without a contract still under his old contract but at any point i kind of was speculating yesterday at any point if this did not happen last night if you're alfonso morales would you just say you know what forget it i'll just i can go do other things i can work in law enforcement in other capacities in other communities at at any number of levels and i'm just this is just not for me and quite frankly i, I would not have blamed i would have been very disappointed but i would not have blamed him if that was his decision after the you know the, the the tragedy through which he has led that department through some of the the changes and the innovations and and uh, the the different policies that he has adopted under his watch through that which has been a couple of years right since he took over for for Flynn to finish out that term if after that if after what he's been through and what he's led that department through if if the fire police commission in the common council and and the powers that be if, if they if they don't want me i mean chief morales is a better man than i cuz at some point i would have said you know what forget it just never mind i'm trying i have been through hell with this department some tragedy on par with nothing that a recent police chief has been through and i can't get another contract or i can't get a contract a full contract i'll do other things um so i'm very glad that last night's end result became what it was what it is and it's good for the city the continuity is key but i i am still very much disheartened by the entire process of it which you know continues the theme whether it's the common council whether it's the county board i just i just feel like everything is hard in this city am i alone in that i feel like everything is everything is just difficult to get through every every decision or or so many big decisions that seem so logical seems so matter of fact i mean I, 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 we we hear on this radio station from a lot of people in support of chief morales and anecdotally i heard more support for morales than detractors and even some of the detractors maybe weren't about to abandon morales as chief Look, give him a full term. Give him the time. Now they have. Give him the time to prove, hey, he's the guy, he's not the guy. Because if if nothing else, in the small sample size we've had to watch this chief work with this department, can you really make and draw sweeping conclusions? Even if you are not the biggest fan of Chief Morales, for whatever reason, 
at least give the man a full term to try and implement everything that he wants to implement and then make the decision again and weigh in four years from now, okay, this is not working. He was given, well, in that case, six years time for a change. I could get that. So for the sake of continuity in the department, yes, with the DNC and all that stuff, but just in general, whether we held a political convention next summer or not, the continuity element is important to me. For the continuity factor, for the simple fact that we don't have a great sample size of his work, in my opinion. I need more than the year and a half, two years that he's had the reins to make a judgment on this man. Give him a shot. Give him a chance. And they did. But... (laughs) Again, it was like pulling teeth. What is the most... I don't know the answer to this, but I'll start the question anyway, which is often dangerous, by the way. What is the most functional, respected governmental body in our state? I I mean, think about it. The FPC has not exactly covered themselves in glory and all this. Common, I mean, the county board has been a, a, a punching bag for a long time. I mean, the common council, eh, state government, the chambers, I mean, we, we've covered at length the, the Voss, Fitzgerald, back and forth, same parties, and yet they seem to be at odds and just kind of go back and forth. I'm really trying to think, what, if you had to rank, if you had to rank the state's Top, top functioning bodies. I don't even know where to start. I mean, we're just thinking elected. Well, even though the FBC isn't elected, but the stadium district board, does that count? Wisconsin Center District Board is really no longer a thing, right? I really don't know. I don't know that there's a 1 or a 1A or a 1B. I don't know. Just frustrating. Not that Washington's any better, but I just think about it. What what governmental body or what govern let me put it this what governing body, even if they're not elected, what governing body is the best, most smooth running, respected, functioning entity that you can think of off the top of your head? I, I can't. Am I missing? I am something. What did you say, Jordan? The DMV. Well, the DMV is a... De- the DMV. I wasn't really... I was thinking of... Let's see. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Somebody did text in. <laughs> the DMV. Oh, okay. Well, until further notice, the DMV. We'll put a vote down for the DMV. But that doesn't really count. That's not a governing body, a governing board. I really don't know. If somebody has a suggestion, you can text it in, 855-616-1620, Hacking a Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Like I said, I've, I started the question. I don't really have an answer. I don't know that there is a right answer. Maybe it's one of those questions. It's just, you know, D, none of the above. A couple of people suggesting the DNR. Okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, my daughter's high school student council. <laughs> Somebody else said, think about the Milwaukee boards, the common council, the MPS school board. I mean, that's they've had their moments of glory. 
comes down to which board is the fewest members indicted. Okay, what about, uh, I was saying before, what is the governing body that functions the smoothest, that has the least amount of conflict? I mean, like, you know, um, off-the-rails type conflict. You don't mind some conflict in meetings, difference of ideas and opinions. That's That's great. But... What governing body in Milwaukee, in southeast Wisconsin, heck, I'll even say in the state, would you say, like, they got their act together. They function well. They debate. They have difference of opinions. But in the end, usually their opinions, the results, their decisions, I may not agree with, but I respect. It is not easy to come up with that. All right, what about... Uh, the board of directors for Milwaukee World Festival, the Summerfest board, for lack of a better, you know, that the, the colloquialism that it is, Don Smiley and Company. I I would maybe say that, that they've got it together. I mean, when's the last? Well, when is the last time you looked at what Milwaukee World Festival and the board of directors did and went, what are they thinking? I mean, they, they they've got a great venue. They're always updating. How can we improve? How can we get better? What, you know, the the new. Um, um, yeah, the uh, American Family Insurance Amphitheater going under renovations and opens this year. This is the first summer with the new one. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, may, maybe them? I don't know. All right, I'm going to put them on the list. Board of Directors, Milwaukee World Festival. We'll put them on the list. And then in second is this 262 Texters, uh, my daughter's high school student council. We'll put them on the list after that. By the way, we were talking all impeachment in the first hour. Some people are taking the impeachment and infusing it into their holiday displays. This is out of Las Vegas. The woman's name is Samantha Krowowicz. Whatever. It doesn't matter. She put up a sign in her front yard this week that reads, Mary Impeachmas. The sign stirring up controversy in the Las Vegas neighborhood, which she had to have known it would do. You don't put up a sign that says Mary Impeachment and think it's, nobody's going to get ticked off by it. What happened? A dozen eggs were thrown at her home earlier this week. Somebody even went as far as throwing a rock through the woman's window. That's too far. She says, sadly, I was not shocked. You shouldn't have been. About the shattered window. I was upset. I still am. I don't understand how anybody could think they have the right to do this. They don't. She is used to incorporating politics into her decorations. That's a recipe for disaster. During Halloween, she had another impeachment-themed sign, which was also vandalized. Neighbors say putting up political signs draws too much attention, no matter which party you side with. Never end a sentence in a preposition. As big of a Trump fan as I am, the neighbor said, I'm not going to put a sign out in front of my house because it will attract people doing things to my house. Amen, Lloyd Power. Political-inspired vandalism is not new to the area. In September, the area's Republican Party headquarters were vandalized. The front glass window busted out. That's not good. The woman said she is filing a police report about the damage to her home. She is also considering taking down the Mary impeachment impeachment sign. No, you, you can't vandalize, no matter how ticked off you get. You can't vandalize, but if you are the person putting out the signage, you should not... You should not expect to get vandalized, but to get some harassment back for it, you're a little naive if you aren't anticipating that. It is somewhat rare 
that a radio host says something on the air and he is fired. His partner, who's on the show as well, loses the show altogether. Canceled the show. Canceled the show immediately for something that was said. This was said Tuesday afternoon. And you may have already seen this. I don't know if you've heard the audio yet. It's um, 710KNUS. 710KNUS. It is out of the Denver, Colorado area. It is the popular Chuck and Julie show. That's a creative name there. Controversial comments made by host Chuck Bonniewell. Tuesday afternoon, Bonniewell, in talking about the impeachment then process of President Donald Trump, this was, of course, before the vote last night, this was Tuesday, said, or made an analogy that immediately led to his dismissal and the cancellation of the show altogether. I'm going to play right now what he said, and then I'm going to take your calls and tell me if you think it warrants an immediate firing and show cancellation. Remember the number, 855-616-1620, Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. This is Chuck Bonniewell on 710 KNUS Radio uh, in Colorado. All right, Chuck Bonniewell, Julie Hayden here a little after one thirty, talking about the never-ending impeachment of Donald Trump. <laughs> you know, you wish for a nice school shooting to, to no, interrupt no, the monopoly. No, don't even say that. No, don't even say that. Don't call us. Chuck which, didn't say which, that. No, which no one would be hurt. Did you catch that? All right, Chuck Bonniewell, Julie Hayden here a little after one thirty, talking about... The never-ending impeachment of Donald Trump. <laughs> you know, you wish for a nice school shooting to, to interrupt no, the no, monopoly. No, don't, don't even say that. No, don't even say that. Don't call us. Which, Chuck didn't say which, that. No, which no one would be hurt. Immediately, or shortly thereafter at least, KNUS Radio released this statement. Given the history of school violence that has plagued our community, 710 KNUS confirms that an Inappropriate comment was made on the Chuck and Julie show by co-host Chuck Bonniewell. A programming decision was made to end the program immediately. Now you heard at the well, you heard what he said. You quote quote you wish for a nice school shooting to interrupt, and then he kind of, you know, couched it there towards the end. His partner on the air, Julie Hayden, says no. Don't even say that. Don't call us. Chuck didn't say that. Now, Bonniewell issued an apology yesterday. I made, quote, I made an inappropriate comment meant as a joke. I'm sorry it was not received that way. But nevertheless, the station acting swiftly and ending the show and ending his tenure there as well immediately. What's your reaction to that? Do you have any problem with that decision? 855-616-1620. The Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. 855-616-1620. Is this a, whoa, moment where you say, this guy, for having the position he held, position that I'm sitting in right now, being a radio host, deserves to be fired, the show deserves to end, because sometimes words, when you hear them played, you might think differently than reading them on paper. Forget the story that Eric and I were talking about the other day on Steve's show. And sometimes, I don't know what it was, speaking of schools, it was a school threat of a student in, uh, was it Sheboygan? 
Sheboygan or Ashkash, I can't, Sheboygan, I think, about something that he said, but when you read it, does it carry more clout? You can maybe decipher it differently, interpret it differently than when you actually hear what was said. But you heard what he said there, and I just want to know if you think it warrants firing. Is it of that level when you consider the day and the age and the times in which we live, when you consider the school violence history in the state of Colorado, and that is a piece of the story that cannot be ignored, right? 855-616-1620, Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. We'll take your calls and read your texts when we come back. Scott, in for Jeff. All right, Chuck Bonner, Julie Hayden here a little after 1.30 talking about the never-ending impeachment of Donald Trump. <laughs> yeah, you wish for a nice school shooting to, to no, interrupt no, the monopoly. No, no, don't even say that. No, don't even say that. Don't call us. Which, Chuck didn't which, say that. No, which no one would be hurt. That the audio from 710 KNUS in Denver. And that was the voice again of Chuck Bonniewell. Oh, he said his name there. Chuck Bonniewell. The Chuck and Julie show canceled for that comment. And there's some ancillary speculation as to what helped push the decision by management to cancel the show altogether, kind of push that decision across the line, so to speak, and we'll get to that. But do you think that warrants firing and show cancellation altogether? 855-616-1620, the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Obviously, this is a topic that hits close to home for all of you who listen to radio and WTMJ every day, obviously for, for me and for us who work in this business, because this is a moment where you go, you got to have the filter. You've got to have a filter. You have to have a filter in life, let alone when you're broadcasting. That's one of the things you learn day one of <laughs> Broadcasting 101. To the phones. Let's go to West Alice. It's Mike. Hi, Mike. Hey there. Uh, absolutely, he should have been fired. In fact, if I was the station manager, I would have escorted him out the door myself. And it is unfortunate that Julie got caught up in the collateral damage there. Mm. But for him to come back and apologize and then say he meant it as a joke, it's like, what? I, I failed to see the joke there. Yep, I'm with you on that. Thanks for the call, Mike. Appreciate it. Uh, let's hear from oh, one of our good friends. It's Lucy on the west side. Happy holidays, Lucy. <laughs> Uh, happy holidays. Um, I think he should have been fired. I, the, what I said to your producer, it's like when we first started having airline screenings after all the hijackers and bombs. You probably are too young to remember, but it was in the no. 1970s. Oh, then. I thought you meant 9-11. <laughs> okay, go ahead. No, no, no. Back in the 70s when they started you know, really taking it seriously, and people would think they could stand in airline lines and make jokes about having a bomb in there in their purse or whatever, and they quickly found out that they uh, didn't get to make that trip on the airplane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it, it, this is just not something you joke about. What was that guy thinking? That there has to be some background, and I know you're going to get into it. Um, I also want to tell you the best one state agency is the state pension board. Oh, back to our conversation <laughs> earlier. Yeah. Wait, wait, do you see what you, you want to put a vote down for the state pension board? It's one of the only pensions in the country that's solvent. 
All right. All right. Well, well, I'm, I'm, so we're going uh, the the uh, Summerfest board, the world. Uh, what is it? The uh, World Festival board, Milwaukee World Festival board, and the State Pension Board, and then that one Texter's high school daughter's and, student college. And I I put in a vote for MMSD. They do better than you think. You've got Charlie Sykes derangement syndrome on that. Oh man. come on! All right, Lucy. Huh? Uh, that, nah, <laughs> okay. that's a low blow. All right, Lucy. Good to hear from you. Oh, Lucy, taking a shot. Right between the right between the solar plex here, um, yeah. Okay, so back to this on the text line, Stephen West Bend. Wow, yes, he should be fired. I cannot believe he even said that. Jeff and Madison, radio station took the appropriate action as school shootings should never be made fun of. Yeah, to double back. It's a good point, Lucy said. To double back. Uh, let me see where was. Uh, let me just read his comment here. Here, here. It's a great point by Lucy. Because Bonnie Well, in his apology on Wednesday night, tweets out, quote, I made an inappropriate comment meant as a joke. I mean, you're, you're making it worse. I'm sorry it was not received that I'm sorry that my comment that I wish we could have a school shooting to talk about instead of an impeachment. I'm sorry that that joke did not land. That's what you're saying. I mean, dude. Shut up. Making it worse. Jason, Northbrook, Illinois. Hi, Jason. Hi. No, I completely agree with everyone that has spoken. I mean, how can you make light of a school shooting, especially being out in Colorado? Um, I mean, it shouldn't be tolerated anywhere in the country here, but, I mean, you should know that you should not take – you should not mention that in that state for sure. And, you know, obviously this guy's a Republican. He's pushing his own agenda. No, I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't even know. I, I, I don't even care what his party is. I, I, his, his political affiliation, Jason, thanks. I don't even know that. And I don't even care to know that. I, political affiliation, who cares? If he doesn't want to talk about impeachment, he may just be sick of it. I don't, it doesn't even enter the fray in this. It's an apolitical element in this now okay so i i said that there's ancillary information first bonnie well and hayden okay chuck and julie of the chuck and julie show they also issued a a little bit of a, um, a longer statement quote as you know 710 knus has canceled our show it's difficult to put everything into words here but we hope you hear our hearts Chuck's comment about school shootings was inappropriate, and if he could unsay it, he would. Violence causes too much hurt to victims and their families, and we truly did not intend to add to that pain. We have covered every school shooting and tragedy since Columbine and witnessed the unbearable pain and grief felt by the victims, families, and community. We've always tried to tell the truth straight up and be willing to talk about any controversy, even when we are in the middle of it. And to those of you, whether you agree or disagree with us, who have shared your afternoons with us, our sincere thanks and appreciation. Hmm. Now, uh, there are some out there that are saying, well, uh, there's some reports out of Colorado that say the Bonniewell and Hayden, sorry, the Chuck and Julie show, likely was going to be pulled at the end of the year anyway, which I guess if true, certainly makes the decision to say, you know, goodbye that much easier. And indeed... All references to the pair have vanished from the outlet's website. So there's some reporting saying maybe they were on their way out for other reasons. This station, incidentally, KNUS, has 
found themselves in a bit of controversy for some programming decisions and decisions regarding other hosts in the past, political in nature, but nothing on par with this. 855-616-1620. Jeff in Madison, as I said, agrees on the firing uh, the 920, zero problem at all with this firing. There are certain things you just cannot say on the radio, and that definitely qualifies. I would add there's something you should not say on the radio. Can't and should not. 414, he should have engaged his brain before he opened his mouth. 847, you hit the nail on the head. Given the history of Columbine, and oh, I'll add Aurora, and other atrocities in that area, in that state, the station did the right thing. I am about pushing the envelope when it comes to comedy. That comment wasn't funny. More importantly, it was beyond the pale. I'm sure he regrets it, but words have consequences. The 414, definitely a cringe-worthy moment. But we all make mistakes. I have made many dumb mistakes, even though I was very surprised that he said something so inappropriate and clearly not thought about before saying, it's not worth firing over. We'll pause. We'll come back. Uh, Dave and John, if you're on the line, hang on. Got a couple of open lines for you as well. We'll carry this over for just one segment longer. Again, Chuck Bonniewell saying, paraphrasing here, we could use a nice school shooting to, in essence, take our minds and our narrative off of the impeachment coverage. The Chuck and Julie show is no more, should it have been. There are certain things that you just do not say. And if you are in the broadcast business, you need to have that filter. You need to trust your filter and recognize the sentence that's about to come out of your mouth. And this is a sentence that should never, if it was going to enter his mind, and I don't even know how that happened, but if it did, it had to stay in his head and not come out of his mouth. The man deserves to be fired. Meanwhile, some of you are making the or asking the question, what about this Julie person? She was trying to stop him. Was she also, you know, trying to or did she also deserve to be fired? Did the show deserve to be yanked off altogether? The fact that she was let go, the fact that the show was yanked off altogether leads me to believe there were maybe they were waiting for a moment to say enough is enough with the whole the whole kit and caboodle. The 920s fired up in all caps. Are you kidding me right now? If I was the program director at that station, upon hearing that deplorable comment, I would have busted the door down in that studio, interrupted the show on the spot, and fired him, escorting him out the door myself. His comment was criminal and heartless. No joke. And yes, I realize there is the freedom of speech, but as Tom from Lisbon says, I believe in freedom of speech. However, speech, like action, has consequences sometimes. And you have to be aware of those consequences if you're going to say something as incredulous as this. All right, to the phones here. Let's uh, go to Dave in Sheboygan. Good afternoon, Dave. Your thoughts on this? Hey, good afternoon. You know, I I, I really agree with with everybody, and I I understand uh, you know the emotion that, that that comes behind you know words like this being used and, and such a improper. Um, choice of words. I'm from Colorado Springs, um, lived there for most of my life. And so we're obviously very paralyzed by Columbine shooting the Aurora closer to home in Colorado Springs. If you, you may recall the new life. Did you ever listen to this horrible. show, uh, Dave? Did you ever hear this, this Chuck and Bonnie show before? 
or a Chuck and no, uh, no. whatever. Julie, yeah. No, not 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 familiar with the show. And you know, before I was asked the question, I wasn't aware that you know the show was maybe on its last leg. Mm. But you know, at, at the same time too, I I think that sometimes we are so quick to um, just fire somebody um, over a over in this case a, a really drastic error. What I would have rather seen is I would have rather seen this this host take it on the chin by his listeners for several hours or maybe even a couple days and, and, and see where he stood at, at the end of that. Maybe a station couldn't endure um, uh, that, that kind of a, that kind of a format. Yeah, that would be a tough decision. I'm trying to think from a, from a, a supervisory or a, a management position. If, if that, if you could ever do, I understand the point you're making, like, you know what, you just said something so horrific. You sit here and you let the listeners who have been supporting your show, let them give it to you for a while. But I, I understand that point, and I don't know that management could ever get on board with something like that. I don't think they could ever stand for that just because swift action, in this case, I think had to be taken. But And, you know, without using any names, we've all listened to a pretty radical comedian here and there. And, you know, I can almost hear the same choice of words being used in – in a comedy setting. Well, it is it is and, interesting, Dave, and I, I got to let you go, but I appreciate your perspective, bud, because I'm up against the clock. But, you know, it, Dave, you do allude to something very interesting. What if that line would have been said on a stage by a comedian? Think about that. A different standard for comedians in, in that setting than for a talk show host on the radio. Real quickly, I only got about 30 seconds, but John in Gurney, Illinois, your reaction, buddy? Uh, yeah, you've got a great role there, and uh, honestly, you've got to be consciously aware at all times. And if you lined up all the parents from Boston to Los Angeles and told them that same comment that he made, no one would find it funny. And as a parent of two, I certainly don't find it funny. He needed to go, and he needed to go right away. Thanks, John. Yep, no, you uh, sum it up perfectly. And I'll tell you what, parent or not, you could line thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of people up from, like you said, Boston to Los Angeles, and a lot of people aren't going to find that funny. I don't know what he was thinking. He deserved to be fired, whether the show was on his last legs, and so this was easy to be, you know, kind of pushed out. So be it. But words, like actions, have consequences, and this was one of them. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. And now, WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Not so fast, big voice guy. Jeff is out. I am Scott. Wagner returns in 2020, which I'm declaring the year of Wagner. I don't know what that means. With you until 3 o'clock, that's when John and Melissa take over the airwaves with Wisconsin's afternoon news. Which, by the way, uh, Chief Alfonso Morales, he of the new four-year contract, will be on with uh, you guys. I'm pointing at you, Melissa. 420, right? 420 on the show. That is correct, yes. Mm -hmm. be good. I I was looking at some of the photos and some of the... um, well, celebratory moments he had when being sworn in this morning. He looked genuinely Didn't happy. Didn't he? I thought the same thing, too. I thought, gosh, doesn't he deserve this? And he just has such a great big smile on his face. And, yeah, he looked really happy. More than happy. You know what he looked 
looked relieved. Relieved, yeah. And I, I believe he's going on vacations shortly, so he can oh, sure sort he of is. rest. Here's another official rest going easy. on vacation. No, I'm <laughs> rest just easy while he's on vacation. It's be a big so. year for him. It is, you know. And you think about everything that the department has went through over the past, you know couple years since he took over for Flynn and you think about all the the deaths he's had to deal with no other police chief has had to do that and you know you just you don't know how you would deal with that until it's put on your plate and there you go and like all the officers that wear the shield for the MPD you carry with you carry that grief in some capacity and certainly it subsides over time like all grief but mm-hmm. you carry that with you forever oh yeah you know and really taking the time to go through that grieving process i mean they have to get back on the streets immediately and that's um you know something that you really have to stop and, and work mm-hmm. through yeah that's hard so the chief still the chief and will be the chief uh 420 this afternoon on wisconsin's afternoon news be listening for that all right. This story. Everybody knows. I. I don't. I've. I have a uh, muted social media footprint. I think we've talked about that. I think Jeff has given me a hard time for that. That and the credit card thing and all that stuff. But I, I really don't do the social media thing. I'm, I've, I don't mind social media. I'm not anti-social. Well, then Scott, why aren't you on social media? That's another discussion for another day. That does not mean I am not interested in stories that involve social media, and this is one of them. Out of the Detroit area, where a Facebook post, see, this is one of those introductory paragraphs that kind of leads you down a, a, a path that I don't think warrants. A Facebook post about a young woman's scary experience during a lift ride getting a lot of attention online. However, the driver says the story, or the woman, she's got it all wrong. The man's name is William Thomas. He's a retired man. He just makes little money on the side driving for Lyft. He's been doing it for about three years or so. He says, I go everywhere. The once, as the Fox affiliate in Detroit reports, the once cross-country bus driver and civil rights activist from Selma, Alabama has a motto, when I can help one person, my day is not in vain. So keep that in mind. Because on Friday morning, he picked up a female passenger. For, he drives for Lyft. From, uh, picked up a female passenger from Amazon in Romulus, Michigan, the bustling metropolis of Romulus. I said, how, how are you doing? Because I asked that to everyone. She said, I'm sick under the weather. William, the man, the driver, who was getting over a cold himself, offered her some peppermint oil. I guess he and his wife are big into essential oils after her, the wife's brain aneurysm, some three years ago. So he takes out a tissue and he puts some peppermint oil on the tissue, like a little dab, just to kind of soak up the, the, the liquid there, the oil on the tissue. He passes her the tissue behind him, says, here you go. All you've got to do is sniff, take a little sniff, pass it over your nose. It'll help you breathe. It'll help clear out the pipes, right? The, the, the nasal passage. Well, the man, William, he had no idea that she was taking a picture for a warning post later on and that she said she was scared for her life. Hmm. This is what she wrote. Um, is this on... Uh, I think it was, it was on Facebook. 
Yeah, I said Facebook post. Here's what she writes. So she's got a picture of this Kleenex, of this tissue. And she writes, I got to lean in here. She writes, she's recapping what's happening. He said, you sound sick. I said, yes, a cold. He pulls out some pills and says, here, take this. I told him, I'm okay. But then he gives me this and said, put it under your nose. At this point, I was scared for my life. I will be going to the police station to report him as soon as I can. I called somebody. He didn't say anything the whole ride after that. I just got out after that. Thank God. Uh, My sister called my sister, was calling the police. Uh, Ladies, please be careful. Anything can happen. This blank is getting real. Well, what has happened is that this post on Facebook has gone in some circles viral. And another post that this woman put out includes the man's picture and license plate. So this man hears about it because others are coming upon this story and this photo on Facebook. He said, all three of my sisters called crying, saying, your picture's all over Facebook. And the guy's going, for what? What did I do? It's spreading in neighborhood groups, too. Some with more than 100,000 followers. 855-616-1620. This is the story as Fox Detroit writes it. There's something, I think, in this story, in this back and forth, that is missing. And dare I say, something that maybe could have avoided a lot of, well, for this man, a lot of strife, a lot of pain, right? The passenger... The Fox affiliate reached out to the passenger, spoke to the passenger who made the the post. She does not have any intention of taking the original post down. She said at that moment she was past the tissue, she felt threatened, and was genuinely scared. The passenger also contacted Lyft to try and open an investigation, but said Lyft is not planning on doing so. The passenger, we should point out, has not contacted police about what happened, but she is still leaving the posts up, and now the driver is having his reputation sullied for this attempt to help her with her cold. What is your reaction to this at 855-616-1620? And what one thing, how can I phrase this, what one thing could have been said Or specifically, what could have been asked during this exchange, during this ride, that probably could have accomplished two things. Could have put this woman at ease, could have calmed her fears, because as she said, she felt threatened and was genuinely scared. Could have put her at ease and could have kept this guy from, you know, having his reputation on social media and maybe even now his retired job as a Lyft driver kept it from being, you know, ruined to some extent. 855-616-1620, the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. What could have been said, what could have been asked at some point during that ride 
that is not reported, okay, that is not reported in this story as we know it, as I know the facts, that I think could have just kind of diffused everything. Open lines, text line as well, 855-616-1620. We'll go to you next. All right. So I told you the story of this Lyft driver. He's retired. The lady gets in his car, says she's sick. He puts a little peppermint oil on a Kleenex because him and his wife are big into essential oils. He put it on a tissue. He says, all you've got to do is sniff it, pass it over your nose. It'll help you breathe. Hands her the tissue. She's taking pictures of all of this. She freaks out, stays in the car, freaks out, then goes on Facebook, posts the photos, posts his photo, the license plate of the car, of his car, and says, I'm going to leave it all up there because, quote, I felt threatened and was genuinely scared that this Lyft driver was handing me some substance to put over my nose. I, I recognize that, you know, there are some bad people out there that do bad things. We had that story a couple of weeks ago about Uber and the cases of, of sexual assault and sexual harassment. And Lyft is not, you know, free and clear from that at all. So in that vein, this woman obviously felt threatened and genuinely scared. But I think there was something that could have been said or asked along the way, or at least yeah, literally along the way during the drive or during this exchange that could have diffused a apparently very threatening and scary situation. 855-616-1620. All right, let's go to the phones here. Let's start with John in Wauwatosa. Good afternoon, John. Good afternoon, sir. How are you today? I'm well. Um, Your reaction to this, but also do you want to try to guess what I'm going at here in terms of what could have been said or asked? Well, I've... As what could have been said or asked, he could have showed her the substance he offered her. Um, I, I myself, I'm a full-time Uber and Lyft driver. I've got 7,000 rides with Lyft and 4,200 with Uber, so I've got quite a bit of experience. And I give every one of my passengers a mint and a bottle of water, and out of those... 14,000 passengers, I want to say a 1,000 of them have asked, what's in this mint? Is this mint drugs? Is this mint safe? I mean, people um, in that are use rideshare regularly um, would understand it, but she didn't sound like a regular passenger. She mm-hmm. sounded like she had, the lady might have had some issues herself, you know, rather yeah. than the driver. Yeah, I, well, it was situation. definitely somebody who was maybe already on edge or just a very, um, uh, what's the word, a very uh, suspicious person in terms of, you know, they're constantly on edge and they're constantly, and I can understand in some circumstances women have to, you know, be on on uh, on edge and be cautious well, and be well, aware you know, of situations. But in this situation, the way this played out, according to the report... Wow. Thanks for the call, John. I appreciate it. I thought he had more. 855-616-1620. Joe in Menominee Falls. Hi, Joe. Hey, how are you? I'm okay. Your thoughts, your reaction to this? Um, so I think a few things. First of all, as a, a guy with four sisters, I have two daughters. Um, 
there are some of us out there that we just genuinely want to bring chivalry back, and we do want to do nice things for the women that cross our lives. And I think systems like this, I shouldn't say systems, people like this that I think do fall into the victim mentality where they just they have to be victimized in some ways so that they, they are credited with their their noble deed. Um, and I think that's, that's really kind of ruining it for those of us that we genuinely want to do good things. And the part that further upsets me is she had all the time to take pictures, and, and she was so feared for her life, but never thought to dial the police with that phone she was using to take pictures. I mean, if she was that fearful, do you think the first thing that phone would have done, rather than taking pictures so that she could make a big case of it, would be to call the authorities I also brought out of that yeah. imminent threat. I also don't understand, Joe. Thanks for the call, man. I also don't understand, now, now that we know the details, why are you still keeping that post up at all? Jim in Tosa. Hi, Jim. Hey, how are you? Good afternoon. Hi. I think all she could have done is just say no thank you. I mean, it could have been that simple. End of story. And uh, he would have withdrawn the tissue. So I think that's the first thing. The second thing, if I were him, I would threaten to uh, sue her for slander. If she, Number one, she doesn't apologize on Facebook. And number two, she doesn't take that post down. It's as simple as that. Thank you. Thank you, Jim. Because... That is the first thing that I thought. If somebody hands you something, look, he did not he did not crawl over the seat, all of a sudden jump in the back seat going through the other passenger, you know, rear passenger door. He did not force the Kleenex upon her and say, "Smell this." He 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 explained what it was. He said what it was. I I said she should have asked a question. My question would have been, uh, "Do I have to?" But but you said it even better. You could have said, no thanks, I'm good, and don't even reach for the Kleenex at all. It's a very simple little exchange between hum- two human beings and this ordeal, which has now gone in some ways national because we're talking about it and it happened out of state, could have been avoided altogether, right, Jim? That's correct, and if if she was really fearing for her life or fearing... She could have also said, you know, let me off right now. Yes, yes, that is a great point. Jim, hang on the line. Uh, Jordan's going to put you on hold. You nailed it. Um, We're going to give you today's edition of Jeff Wagner's 12 Days of Sticksmiths. The uh, one caller a day through tomorrow, $25 gift card to Sticks Golf Entertainment. So we're going to hook you up with that, Jim, because you nailed it. It's common sense. You got it. So hang on the line. I appreciate it. You bet it. You bet. Happy holidays, Jimmy. Jordan will get all your information. And uh, don't forget, we'll do it again tomorrow. And then on Monday, the grand prize will be given away during Jeff's show. Denise on the line, who's a Lyft driver, was going to say the same thing. She was given a choice. Why would she take something from a stranger to begin with if you didn't feel comfortable? You're also correct, Denise. Just simply say, no thanks. I'm good. I feel like crap but I don't want to sniff your Kleenex. Impeachment for that? I just wanted to play that. (laughs) We get to play, we get to have some fun with that clip for a while yet. Impeachment for that? Yeah. Impeachment for that, apparently, says Nancy Pelosi. 239. Okay, I just alluded to it. Remember back in July that, well, I just kind of summed it up a moment ago. Uh, It was July 17th. 
the employ the mechanic of American Airlines in Miami was upset as how the contract negotiations with his union had been kind of been dragging, dragging along. So he wanted to generate some overtime. So he decided, I'm going to sabotage a navigation system on a Miami flight. Because if the navigation system goes down, I will need to work to fix it. And thus, overtime hours will accrue. It's alarming on so many levels for the fact that there were 150 passengers aboard. Now, the plane did not take off. We should point that out. It's not as if something happened in the air, an emergency landing. But it, that really doesn't that really doesn't change things for me. And nevertheless, the man um, pleaded guilty yesterday to attempting to destroy the aircraft. The plea agreement is trying to avoid a maximum sentence of up to 20 years in prison. Uh, I do admit the guilt. He's a veteran American Airlines employee, lived in California, commuted to his job at Miami. What? Faces now up to three years in prison under the recommendation by the U.S. Attorney's Office and his defense lawyer. The sentencing will be on March 4th. He was accused of tampering with the plane's so-called air data or data module, a system that reports aircraft speed, pitch, and other critical flight data or data to pilots. He was not charged with terrorism-related offense. And I bring that up because the last time I talked about this was in September, and that was when FBI investigators learned that he lied about taking a trip to Iraq in March to visit his brother. They also found out he told a fellow American Airlines employee in June that his brother had been kidnapped and was a member of this extremist Islamic group known as ISIS. Prosecutors said that uh, they allowed the FBI to search his smartphone. Agents found a disturbing ISIS video. Remember, we talked about this in which a person was being shot in the head. He then forwarded the video to someone with an Arabic message asking Allah to take revenge against non-Muslims. In addition, they said he sent 700 bucks to someone in Iraq where he was born and has family. At any rate, after exhaustingly investigating those leads, he was not charged with a terrorism-related offense, but... Just a really odd story. It started out as odd. What? A mechanic wants overtime, so he sabotages the navigation system so that he has to fix it. And then, remember, we started learning, as I said, in July and August and September about potential ties to um, maybe some extremist organizations in the Middle East. Well, apparently there was not enough in that respect to charge with anything beyond that. We'll find out in March his penalty. John Riemann. New story. John Riemann is the man at the DOT who makes up the messages, the very creative messages. The message right now is he knows if you've been speeding. That's the current one. I don't know if that is what it is here on a Thursday afternoon. That's what it was this morning. Maybe maybe John Riemann, he's the guy who comes up with the messages. and That's the one he's got out there right now. But in Missouri... A lawmaker wants to put the brakes on the playful messages of the, that's put up on the electronic signs in that state. Like, treat the road like a cat video. Share it. Here's what the lawmaker says. Those signs are hideously expensive 
And MoDOT, Missouri Department of Transportation, has a lot of incredibly detailed info that they could share. But rather than sharing that information with people, they make puns about Santa Claus. Under a bill he introduced last week, the DOT would be allowed to use the signs only to convey info about traffic conditions, weather, or emergency alerts. Hmm. On the other side of the coin, uh, an assistant to the person who runs the DOT video boards say, we'd like to think we are making an impact. Now, what John Riemann and the Wisconsin DOT, they have fun with those signs, like he knows if you've been speeding. But when traffic warrants or weather warrants, then they take it down and they put up the serious message, hey, slow down, or crash two miles ahead, expect delays. It's not as if they constantly have funny messages up there even when there's serious things going on in the road so i get the sense maybe that either missouri just doesn't want to have any fun with it or maybe they need to reassess how and what they put up on their signs so that it's not always a joke there is some seriousness to it or on the other hand like lawmakers really that's the most important thing happening in jefferson city missouri That could have qualified for something we're about to do, but it didn't. Instead, when we come back, Amazon Alexa features something that could help you during the holidays with your relatives. A man steals frozen shrimp. I know what you're thinking. Where did he hide it on his way out? I've got that. And yet another man. Well, he said if Donald Trump gets impeached, I'll donate something to the cause. And now people are saying, all right, it's happened. Aren't you going to donate? It's a Thursday Wagner Show edition of... Great Scott! Scott in for Jeff. John Mercure and company take over in just a little while. But before we yield the floor to John Mercure, we make a little time for... Great Scott! Research shows that at 6.30 p.m. on Christmas Day is the time when family arguments are most likely to break out. Perhaps that's because the alcohol has been flowing for a while. People are feeling pretty good about themselves. Maybe some of the initial chatter and conversation has has been exhausted, and so now it's time to... I don't know. With that in mind, Amazon Alexa can now be used to change the subject during family disputes that take place over Christmas. The tech giant has added a feature to its smart speakers that prompts virtual assistant Alexa to step in with a distraction technique. Using the phrase, Alexa, change the subject, it'll try to spark a new debate by asking questions such as, is Die Hard a Christmas movie? It could also ask, what would your superpower be and why? Questions about whether jam or cream are added to scone first and who is each person's celebrity crush are also among the questions Alexa could ask. Until now, most would offer around food and drink or suggest going for a walk as a way of distracting from an argument, the research indicates. But again, 6.30, Christmas Day, when things start heating up and arguments, oh, I don't know, political in nature, start happening, that might be the time to simply ask Alexa... Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Right, Scott! If I was going to steal $500 worth of frozen shrimp, how would you carry it out of the store? A man in Riverside, California, stole 30 bags of frozen shrimp, and he shoved the bags down his pants in back-to-back burglaries... The man took the shrimp from a Vons Market in Riverside by entering the store three times 
in a span of 15 minutes on December 14th. Three times. Each time he went to the frozen food section and concealed the shrimp in his pants. The stolen food had a retail value of more than $500. Security video of the suspect in the market posted on the Riverside Police Department's Facebook page. I don't know what the setup is to the punchline to the joke, but I know uh, the punchline itself. Jumbo shrimp. And last but not least, the man's name is Jay Saladino. He's a Twitter user like most Americans. And back on September 24th, he tweeted that I will donate my left testicle to medical research and ask followers and all who come across the tweet to keep record of it if President Trump gets impeached. You can quote me on this. That is what he tweeted to demonstrate his confidence in Democrats' inability to substantiate their threats. Well, 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 last night President Trump was impeached. Today, Jay Saladino has shared a picture of himself on a hospital bed, suggesting he was undergoing the process to remove the testicle. However, upon further investigation, we understand that he has not yet donated the testicle, but he has given an indication that he has not forgotten the promise he made to his followers. We shall see whether Mr. Saladino honors his promise and because of the impeachment of Donald Trump, donates his left testicle to medical research. You got to admit, whether you would have done it or not, you got to admit, for now anyway, the guy's got a, a pair of... Great Scott! That's saying something. I mean, that's... Mm.